this story. A colonial view of a decaying British fool is a Make It Right production for Make It Heard. It features the impressively antipodean Floyd Kennedy as the narrator, the indignant puffery of Stephen G. Titley as Alexander Montague Moyer George Grubel, and the supreme wickedness of Beck's cultural and Mary Savage as a demonic assortment of sprites, devils, banshees, and spectres. The Death of a Buffoon A Fabulist's Tale of Misery and Pain by E. Rupert Gray In the decrepit parlour of his crumbling ancestral country home, Alexander Montague Moyer George Gruvel, a corpulent, congealed, blubbery mound of decaying aristocratic horse dung, lay dying. His dwindling red hair was plastered sparsely against his sweating skull, paper-thin skin barely covering his malformed cranium. Crooked, piggy eyes, perennially devoid of tears, were peepholes to the vacated soul of a would-be imperial mandarin. He smelt. The putrid grime of his fetid existence clung to him like the tide rings of a communal bathtub. Dribble from his mouth fed the bacterial growth in his multiple chins, little mushroom-like protrusions blossoming from his neck rolls. His sweat-soaked pyjamas were slowly rotting, fabric easing apart in the least flattering manner. His clammy flesh on display as his life ebbed away, becoming greyer and thinner by the minute. A humiliating passing for such an aspirant knight of the realm. So many blemishes, so barely hidden. Mr Alexander Gruvel himself took comfort from the grand achievements of his life in public service. His public, his people, as he saw them. He envisaged a grand funeral, memorials and fating. He admonished himself for not securing a mausoleum. And why had the latest Mrs. Gruvel not harried him about it? A clear oversight or worse, perhaps this Mrs. Gruvel was not as ardent a wife as she appeared. Hmm. The troubling thought was pushed aside. More likely she was just incompetent as women often are in the Gruvel milieu. And where was she, for goodness sake? He emitted a damp, blubbery sigh, feeding his mushrooms, groaning at the realisation that there was no rest for a great man, even on his deathbed. Perhaps, he thought, 
he would be interred at Westminster. The waning Mr. Groovell had never been a physical prize. His bloated arse and gut has always seemed precariously perched on his thin heron-like legs. Likely to overbalance at the slightest misstep, his movements had been tentative, stalking the terrain, ensuring the ground would support his asymmetrical frame before proceeding forward. A suite of reproductive appendages hung indelicately from his undercarriage. The domestic crisis-inducing central implement was dwarfed by a pair of supremely fertile prize-winning testicles. Now, reclining in his Groovellian death splendour, the titan of fecundity ranged freely over his achievements, pride swelling in his chest and pudenda. His little piggy eyes, squinting with pain, gazed over the kingdom of his public projects, business deals, ever-growing investments, plundered women seeking settlement, and sprawling cluster of children sired. Everything about Mr Alexander M.M.G. Gruvel, he concluded, was of consequence. With a rasping groan, Alexander Gruvel proclaimed, I am a man of substance, imperial. Alexander Montague gesticulated as robustly as a dying man can, arms flailing weakly without reason or rhythm. The erratic movements triggered rippling waves of gelatinous fat across his body, straining the fabric of his failing pyjamas even further. The great Gruvel knew a serious countenance had always evaded him. He could entertain. His gift was comedy. His hair alone signalled this as clearly as the red nose on a clown's face. He was constantly disappointed that his intellectual status was overwhelmed by his presence as a red-headed, posturing Pagliacci. However, this clown's body housed the funny bones of a vaudevillian, and when Alex spoke, it was a torrent of words, images and jests a comic force of nature no journalist or opponent could ever tie down. He was God's comic practical joke on all of us for nodding off at the wheel. An intelligent idiot, devoid of morality, blessed with boundless energy and irresistible comedy. Though possibly he was just Mr Alexander Montague Moyer George Gruvel a product of life's serendipitous vengeance and what we deserved. Uncomfortably aware of the lack of attendance and supplicants at his deathbed, Alexander the Great consoled himself with the thought that they would be elsewhere, scrabbling for the crumbs of the crown that would tumble with his death. 
Or perhaps they were busy writing his obituary. He summoned all his energy and lifted his tortured body so he could arrange himself in a suitably regal death pose, for death was most surely imminent. A searing pain tore through his abdomen, prying life away from him. This, thought Gruvel, is it. I am done. Death, take from me this unendurable pain. Grant me my bees. Having omitted what he thought were his final words for this world, Alex's putrefying body slumped backwards, twisting sufficiently to allow free passage to a blocked mass of intestinal gas. The great Gruvel backside proclaimed its existence. The remnants of his failing pyjamas were shredded, his flaccid buttocks fully exposed. Slumped in this unbecoming death pose, with the pain slowly subsiding, Alex opened his eyes to find the room overflowing with sprites, spectres, banshees, devils, demons and furies. Several had, somewhat disturbingly, a vague familiarity. Many were unknown, but there was a plethora of odious baby sprites that looked a little too recognisable and all gazing at him with malevolent intent. Who are you? Alex asked croakily, or thought he asked, or just thought, and wondered about whatever it is you do to speak when you're dead. Quit. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> You're not dead yet, Alexander Montague Moyer George Grivelle. I see. No, you don't. But you will. Fuck wit. <laughs> <laughs> they all shrieked, or some of them shrieked, or... Was it that Alexander the Great simply thought they shrieked? Was he speaking, or were they reading his thoughts? <gasps> this was new territory for Mr. Gruvel. He did not understand what was happening. Searching through his back catalogue of comedic responses, he was hoping to find a way through the situation. Alas, the sprites and demons anticipated his move. Oh, shove it, Lardass. Right where the sun don't shine. Up that quivering fat ginger freckle, Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> the assembled spectres cackled uproariously and the room erupted into an array of wildly jiving jacksies and dancing derrieres, all squeaking with unbridled glee. Devils, demons and banshees wailing and whirling with delight. Alex could not understand how the room came to be filled with balletic buttocks. But who are you? Quailed the mighty Alexander Montague Moyer George. What do you want? What do we want? 
喂，哦耶！ They laughed with high cackling shrieks and hoops, tumbling over each other in their malicious comedy of manners, all apparently eager to speak first. We, we only want to help you. Oh. You. <laughs> the spectre replied, and they all abandoned themselves to laughter. Oh. I see. See, we are here to serve you, sire, or service you, sir. Alex was perplexed. He was more familiar with being the master of ceremonies himself. Are you, are you hallucinations? No, 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 not at all. We are truth. Oh, I see. Indeed, truth. Oh, look at your sureness! It seems your body is exposed. <laughs> we see your we see your winky. We we will it winky. It's just a little pinky winky puppet for such a grand man. I beg of you, sir. Please control your clatter farting splatter bottom. Alexander realised he was still troubled with intestinal gas, and his bunghole was in constant conversation, fucking, flirting, and barping incessantly. Seeing Alex's realisation, the assembled ghouls burst into gleeful laughter and moved into a nose-holding bout of bum dancing. Sir, madam, they began the marvellous Mr. Gruvel, composing himself and quoting an old operatic favourite most dramatically. I beg of you, we all have feelings. Pinch me, cut me, and I will bleed, for I am real. Hit me, and I will bruise. My body and my soul will wear the scars of your ill humour. The assembled coterie squealed in pleasure, recognizing his clownish quotations from the opera Pagliacci. They instantly formed a chorus of the occult and wailed uproariously, their tears of joy raining down on him. End the comedy! I implore you. I am only human. I am only human. Only human. I am only human. Only human. Only human. I am only human. The mockery was bruising for the great Alexander. He was taken aback when one of the devil babies thrust its face in front of his. The little features familiar, but he could not work out who. Had he entertained the mother? Or even the grandmother, the little devil gave a deep sigh, exhaling a breath that smelt like mouldy semen in discarded underpants. Alexander tried not to breathe it in, taking as shallow a breath as possible. Still closer leaned the sulphurous, baby pink devil and asked him, "Who do you think you are, Nobet, for Campagliacci?" Ah, <gasps> Alexander was shocked. He has never heard a baby swear so furiously, or dislike opera, and now 
He recognised its features. Oh, yes, spat the pretty and pink devil baby. You recognise me now, but not when I was thrown in the bucket. Spaffed up the wall. Spaffed up the wall. Spaffed up the wall. The whole troop burst into laughter, flying into the most amazing array of circus tricks Alex had ever seen. Tumbling, diving, acrobatics, high wire and trapeze, and all the while giggling with delight. Alex, the comedian, found it wonderfully entertaining. If this is death, he thought, it can't be too bad. What is it you want? And who are you? The circus froze, trapeze artists hanging mid-flight as they turned to him and sighed. A step closer they came. No joy or laughter now, only deadly serious faces. Another step closer. Alexander could smell the sulphur and mouldy semen. Yet another step as they bore down on him. We, 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 we want you. That's nice. To suffer. Oh, indeed. That's a little unexpected. Unexpected? Unexpected. Yes, it always is. Mm -hmm. Expected. And who are you exactly? You're dead. Am I dead? What? Why so many of you? Hey! <laughs> Alexander. In his nervousness, tittered. <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. So many. Oh dear. Oh dearie dear. So many, you say? We, we are only the advance party. And we have forever. <laughs> 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 they all erupted into uncontrollable peals of laughter as they sprang back into their circus routines, one of them catching Alex a glancing blow to an oversized testicle. Whoops! <laughs> I do beg your pardon. The pain froze Alex, giving him the realisation he was still alive. He had taken a blow to the gonads in his younger school days and knew the pain to be real. Alex drew breath. And rallied. But what? What? But what of my great public contributions? Do they count for nothing? Once again, the assembled devilry closed in on him with deadly silence and purpose. Would that be the railway line in triplicates? Or the bridge to nowhere? Perhaps the failed health services? And the cuts. The cuts. Police. Courts, legal aid, the cuts. Maybe buildings that burn. Or possibly spouting lies every day. Lies. All day, every day. So many lies. And for all the dead. You're dead. For every single one, you will pay. Alex did not quite know how to react. What was his best shot at redemption here? 
He watched, gasping for air like a landed carp as the devil's chorus line danced away, shimmying with utter relish as they formed a dancing conga line, wending its way through the room. Finally, amid great hilarity from the dancing devilry, they shuffled backwards, backwards, until the smallest, pinkest baby devil, right at the rear of the line, was thrust up against Alex. Its petite and pretty little pink bottom was pushed into Alex's face. The snake line of devils fell silent as they watched and waited expectantly. <laughs> went the little devil's bottom, and a burst of pretty pink but putridly sulfurous gas engulfed Alexander's face. Alex gasped, gagged, and gulped for fresh air. His features went white, then puce, and finally green about the gills. He really was a dying carp. They all applauded with great gusto as the little one peeled off and the others shuffled backwards once more until the next devil's buttocks were in Alex's face. Alexander Montague Moyer George Gruvel realised that an eternity was going to be a very long time indeed. And he wasn't even dead yet. This has been the death of a buffoon by E. Rupert Gray, a Make It Right production for Make It Heard. The music is Looking Back by D.N.K. from 2020 and can be found in the Free Music Archive. Sound effects are from a variety of sources, named and unnamed. Talent then can be found on Freesound. All licenses are under Creative Commons. Sharon Coltman of Make It Right and Colin Hives of Shivilenko Radio are to be thanked profusely for this opportunity. And dear listener, when the theatre's open, go to see these brilliant actors in action. Take your friends, take your family and your neighbours. Just don't take a bathroom.